Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. Just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Monday, October the 17th, 2011. It is episode number 100 of Purple Mafia. Holy crap, Batman! That's right, we have finally reached one of the great milestones. Well, really, to be honest, the best milestone of my still-fledgling uh, career in broadcasting, podcasting whatever you want to call it, but Purple Mafia, the big show, of all the shows I do, the more, the most, well, the, the highest listener rate is Purple Mafia, without a doubt, Minnesota Vikings show, it's going to generate the most listenership, thanks to you listeners out there as well, I can't thank each and every one of you enough, thank you all so very much for helping me get to this point to, that I am today, October 17th, a great day in Purple Mafia history, 100th episode is recorded, and who better than executive producer of the sportsstuff.com, Dylan Richardson. Thank you so much for joining this show. He will be on board very shortly here. This is pretty much the introduction segment. Thank you so very much, Dylan Richardson, for having <laughs> Purple Mafia on the sportsstuff.com and for posting it on iTunes. Everything, guy, has just been huge for me, for my career in, in this podcasting. Been for Purple Mafia. Without him, I wouldn't be here today. There wouldn't be episode number one, much less episode number 100. So it's going to be a classic, just a very exciting show today. For those of you out there that have been listening, I thank you all oh, oh so very, very much. Uh, well, of course, the Vikings did lose 39-10 to 10 yesterday to the Chicago Bears. A very, very painful loss for the Vikings indeed. But it's just one of those things. And me and Dylan, of course, talk about that. <sighs> Oh, yeah. Me and Dylan do talk about that. We're going to get to that very shortly. I'm going to get briefly to the tweets and Facebook uh, deal. I'm going to let you guys be involved here first and foremost because you fans are so important to this show. You Viking fans out there that have been kind enough to post on Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show and Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Please like and or follow those respective pages. I'd appreciate it so very much. But as mentioned, Purple Mafia is available on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes. Always thanking you for joining us now for the 100 shows, for 99 shows before, and here we are now. Um, but yeah, please do join the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. There's a button that says T, it says boards on the front page. Simply click on that, then register. Like to have you on board, join those forums. It would be great to have you on there. It would be very cool indeed. The phone line is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you are calling into, which is, of course, Triple Mafia. 
state your comment, question, shout out, opine, whatever it is. It would be great to have you. Absolutely. Indeed. No Collins this show. Quite a few last show. Thank you, Anthony for Bell. I always for your involvement with the Collins. And those of you out there that haven't called in, hey. Hey, there's the bad signal. Call in. Please. It would be oh so very appreciated. But yes, of course, as mentioned, the Vikings did lose. Yeah, 39-10, to 10, a very devastating game for the Minnesota Vikings, for uh, Donovan McNabb especially. I mean, there was a point in that third quarter where it was pretty much like this. This is just insane. I mean, look at all this. Oh, my God. And uh, <laughs> that pretty much says it all. I mean, they were just flying at McNabb, or it's like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. And it was pretty much like the defense was saying the same thing because, like, why in the holy hell are we having such a hard time stopping Jay Cutler? I mean, well, because Jay Cutler is a better quarterback than a lot of people want to give him credit. I think Jay Cutler can play in this league. And, you know, when he's given the opportunity to throw the football and not lay on his back, I think the Bears are a potential playoff team. We'll hear what Dylan Richardson's um, opinion is of that. And we will also hear more and more of what I have to say as well with Dylan Richardson. It is just a lot of fun. I really enjoy every minute of it. I know you guys out there will as well. And how can you not? How can you not, right? Some fun times. So, with no further ado, we're going to get to the Facebook group now. That's right. Purple, excuse me, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. That's a little better. Excuse me, guys. So, well, a little bit of comment right here. Not as much as some weeks, but hey, that's that's okay. You guys are going to do what you're going to do. Actually, that's not entirely true. Nick Borbum making lots and lots of comments here. Tony Coleman, a post before the game, but yeah, we're going to get to it. Jared Allen is number 11 in the top 15 meanest NFL players, according to to the readers of SportsIllustrated.com. Strange. He's one of the nicest dudes off the field. Uh, very interesting find there by Tony Coleman. Always a great poster on the SportsStep.com. Would like you to call in sometime if you could. That would be cool if you have the time and, you know, feel like calling in. You know, hey, let your voice be heard, as Red McCombs once said. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of a cool find right there. So he's one of the meanest guys out there, huh? <laughs> well, he, he must have. He's got ten sacks already. He shucks, what, six games in. Jared Allen could be on his way to a 20-sack season. If he plays anything, if he continues to play anything at this clip, 20 sacks is very, very doable for Jared Allen. In fact, yeah, he's well more than halfway there in terms of the, well, 16-game season. We're only six games in, so he's, you know, he's on pace for quite a few there. Uh-huh. Um, I love that an announcer said Barian can't handle that one. And I basically am like, why in the holy hell is he still employed at NFL receiver again? So much material, so much airtime. Yep, thank you always, Bernard Berrien, for providing material to myself here on Purple Mafia Show. I appreciate it also very much. Oh, and by the way, as Dylan Richardson did mention at the beginning of the intro, I am your host, Paladino Joey, or you can also call me Joey Wisen, which is like my regular non-radio name. Yeah, I'm not ashamed to say what my name is. You know, I'm just not. It's just I am who I am. Um, let's just move on, though. Let's just move on as quickly as we can. Crappy computer and all. <laughs> Nick Borboom, very active. In fact, I actually watched the game with Nicholas Borboom, as you can see his name up there. Nick Borboom, we actually watched the game together. And, uh, yeah, he made his opinions known here on the page. Oh, so very welcome to me. He says, WTF is with this team. I mean, seriously. Yeah, 
this was um, pretty ugly indeed. Yeah, I mean, this is... Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a very similar to 2010. The Vikings were very close but could not win games in 2010 early on. And then eventually the Vikings started getting absolutely obliterated. And it's happening again in 2011. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Nick Borboom says, warm up, ponder, get McSack off the field. That was Nick's new name for McNabb. There was Ben McNugget. Chris Tucker said that one. Uh, there's other ones out there that are escaping me at this point in time that I've seen on the posts. But McNugget and McSack apparently are the two uh, ones on top of my head right now. He says, I am liking how he's evading many of the possible sacks that Ponder has been almost in. And yeah, I made a goofy comparison. Yeah, we'll get to that later in the Twitter. Yeah, Christian Ponder. I'll, yeah, well, you can see what it says. Remind me of Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, and the only reason I brought up Drew Bledsoe is because he's evading the sacks. Drew Bledsoe is very good at evading sacks. No, he was not mobile. We'll get further into that in a little bit. Those out there, hopefully, I believe they're listeners that tweeted me. I don't know if they're just followers on the Twitter account or if they actually listen to the show. We'll find out someday. Maybe if you, if you are a listener out there, you can tell me. Nick, of course, obviously is when he when he can. As everybody, you know, misses the show once in a while, I'm sure, unfortunately. <laughs> but that's how it goes. Maybe you get caught up on it later. Uh, Boardman says, they are done. The season is done. Break out the butter and give it to the Vikings. They are toast, burnt to a crisp. Bring on the forks and get ready to stick them into this team. Yep, it's a classic line, and it's an honest line. Uh, if you were hoping to make the playoffs, yes, it's over. Uh, yes, it's over, and it's time to start the uh, the rookie, regardless if McNabb is good or not. I talk about that extensively with Dylan Richardson. You know, Anthony Batista, Anthony from L.A., there it is. There's the stat of the night, just like Ernie Johnson of uh, TNT. Ernie's Nito stat of the night. Well, it's Anthony's Nito stat of the night here. He says McNabb only incompleted five passes. It looked like 50. It's weird, folks. It's weird because, well, most of McNabb's misses are so ugly. That's partially where that comes from. And the fact that he's just ineffective, especially when you need to get the play done, is ineffective. And I say that with Dylan later. Yeah. Tony Coleman sums it up in one word, pathetic. How could I disagree with Tony Coleman there? He has some more to say here in a second. Dan Taylor. Dan Taylor making his voice known here. Or making his name known, letting his voice be heard. He says, this just in. We suck. I'm very happy I didn't bother staying up until 1 a.m. UK time to watch that mess. Yikes. And yep, it was a very painful display indeed. It sure was. As I responded to Dan Taylor in that area. Yeah, it's like, it's crazy. You got a veteran quarterback who's checked out mentally. Dan Taylor's response is at least Ponder looked good. Quick release. Good decision-making. Some athletic movement. He really needs to start from now on. Tony says, It was interesting how they kept cutting to shots of McNabb on the sidelines. He knew it, too. He put on a dignified face, but you gotta guess, he was just steaming on the inside. But on the other hand, he knows he's not good this season. He has to know. Yeah, that's the thing, Tony. Um, Donovan, you're you're one in five as the starting quarterback of this football team. Regardless if you deserve to be the starting quarterback in your mind or not, you're one in five as a starter. There is the number one pick on this team. I mean, you knew this was coming. If if it was going to be bad, you know, if this was going to be a bad season for the Vikings, you knew this was coming. So it's just kind of like take it as is. <laughs> what else are you going to do about it? Like, what are you going to do about it? 
there's really nothing you can do about it. And that's not a threat of any kind. Um, Brent Jacobson says, I love the Vikings, but this season is testing me. Frankly, I will be loyal no matter what, but for the rest of this season, I am adopting New Orleans as my team. It's like, what were they thinking? Um, oh boy. You know, I used to like New Orleans. I, before, yeah, I, they used to be one of my closer teams. Okay, New England's my second favorite team. So there you go. If I was to adopt a new team the rest of the season, it would be the Patriots. Though a lot of you might be wondering, why not the Lions or even the Bears? Since you can tell some of you seem to think I have some type of uh, a <laughs> love uh, affair with the Bears. Well, maybe I'll talk about that sometime. Okay, maybe in a... No, <laughs> New Orleans, ouch. Uh, he says, I will still watch the Vikings games and comment on them, but I will be rooting hard and heavy for the Saints, including when they, what, play us so they can get a higher, so we can get a higher draft. Okay, good. Yeah. No, yeah, I want the draft pick more than anything. I'd like to be in the top five. Quite frankly, I'm sick and tired of having a horrible season and getting like 12, to, well, 12 last year. That was horse crowd considering how bad we were. 12th pick? But no, I'm sick of getting the 7th pick. It seemed like we got the 7th pick like 90 times. Though the most recent one was uh, Adrian Peterson. That was that worked out pretty well. But aside of that, you know, McKinney, eh, you know, uh, Troy Williamson, ugh, almost threw up all over the uh, keyboard there. Just horrible. Forgive my immaturity. We'll move on here quickly. Yes, or at least we will attempt to move on quickly. The Twitter mentions, oh boy, it gets a little bit funky. Yeah, it gets a little bit funky. Farzine Vasugian. Nope, we're going to start off with Kevin McMahon, Viking Pan Page. I made a comment of how our offensive line is basically, well, I made, uh, Pete Bursich. Here we go. This is what started it. I didn't even respond to Kevin McMahon, so if you happen to be a listener, I apologize for not actually like replying to you. I don't know why I didn't, honestly. I got a little busy, though, because this was earlier before the game. But no, Pete Bursich, during one of the uh, comments, one of the quotes earlier in the day said this line. He said that this is a solid offensive line. And I'm like, I'm sick and tired of hearing how the Minnesota Vikings offensive line is solid. It's not. It's terrible. It's below average at, at best. Kevin McMahon's response is, thank our lucky stars we don't have the Bears offensive line. Ours isn't great, but it isn't terrible either. And he puts mediocre. I think it's below average, Kevin. <laughs> okay, maybe not terrible. Maybe not absolutely terrible like Detroit's was and Chicago's has been until last night when it actually played semi-good. It was at least one good game for them. One game wasn't a career make or a season make, but you get the idea. Um, but no, they're not... I wouldn't even say mediocre about the offensive line. I would say below average. Yeah. Uh, yep, Bernard Bain was thrown to, and he dropped the ball, and that's about all there is to it. Anthony Batista made the comment, Berrien dropped pass again, and that's where I came up with why the holy hell is he still employed in the NFL at wide receiver. I have no idea. And um, Leslie Frazier, you know, you're the tough coach with Bryant McKinney. You have the balls to cut Bryant McKinney, the starting left tackle for this team, a guy who, you know, absolutely is a complete joke as a person, at least as a member of this team, He's been. I, I don't like McKinney as a person or as a player, quite frankly. Don't like his attitude. Um, just a half-assed player. But yeah, then they finally lit a fire in him, so he's actually a little better for Baltimore. We'll see how long that lasts. But you can't get the balls to cut Berrien. Like, like what? 
okay, the offensive line is crappy without McKinney. Well, the wide receiving core is crappy anyway. Berrien is no help anyway. Why the hell is he even a member of the team? It's just, it's it, it's annoying. Yeah, it's quite frankly annoying. Um, Anthony Batista says, please get McNugget out. That, that's the other McNabb thing. Yeah, he is Chicken McNugget out there. Chicken McNugget McNabb. It's a joke. Uh, at this point, yep, at any rate, Ponder takes over, says Farzine Vasugi, and that was very, very cool indeed. He also asked if we were going to do a live show last night. You know, I would have liked to, but it just didn't happen that way. Um, I just wanted to let Dylan rest, because I think, yeah, he says he's been, yeah, I just wanted to let him rest. It was getting a little late, and I needed to rest as well. It's just one of those deals, plus, you know, it just didn't happen last night, but here we are tonight, and that's the good part. Uh, Andre, Andre, yep, Minneapolis Laker is his uh, nickname, MPLS Laker. Andre from Maranatha Christian Academy, formerly, of course, not sure if he wants to be remembered from there, but, eh, you know, that's where we first met. Anyway, he says, that was our chance to really get a stop and bring the game back within a, to a score. And, yeah, the Vikings just blew it and allowed another touchdown at that point in the game. I believe that was the midpoint of the game. Um, Andre continues with, in other news, the state of Wisconsin hosts the St. Louis Rams for football, St. Louis Cardinals for baseball in the same day. That's pretty crazy. Um... Well, <laughs> yep, St. Louis and, and Milwaukee, or Wisconsin, or whatever. Well, the Packers are the world champions, and they played like it. The Milwaukee Brewers have never won the World Series. In fact, they lost the 1982 World Series to those same St. Louis Cardinals. Yep, with a little bit better team, I think, at the time. Though, unfortunately, I got a sneaky feeling, a mini miniature side note, the St. Louis Cardinals will have the same result that they had in 1982. They seem like a team on a mission this year, and they do have home field advantage in the World Series. It appears the St. Louis Cardinals are probably going to win the 2011 World Series, but Texas has been so fantastic along the way as well. It's going to be a hell of a fight, And uh, but I think St. Louis Cardinals edge the Texas Rangers in seven in my early prediction, my only prediction, really. We'll see what happens. We'll see if I'm slightly right. My next show will be a little, will be a few games in by then. Nick Borboom. And Borboom98 says, um, no, the Vikings are making them look that good. When I said how, are the Vikings this bad or are the Bears this good? Like, what the hell? Uh, Vice Princess says she's like to punch uh, Chris Collinsworth because, well, he's basically never liked the Minnesota Vikings. Every time Chris Collinsworth opens his mouth regarding the Vikings, it seems to always be negative. I, I'm telling you, the guy does not like the Vikings. It's plain as day. I don't know what it is. Did the Vikings pass on him in the draft many years ago? Chris Collinsworth, of course, was on the Cincinnati Bengals many years ago, the team that lost to Joe Montana twice in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they ran into a pretty good team there. Well, there you go. The only team in Cincinnati that's won anything is the Reds, and that was quite a while ago. Uh, 1990, 1975, and 76, to be exact. Yep, there weren't others earlier. It may have been, but yeah, the big red machine, we'll just leave that alone. Uh, Vice Princess continues, or excuse me, Go Hannah first says, Collins, Worth must be a cheesehead. Um, well, he was a Bengal, but maybe. <laughs> Princess continues, Vice Princess, that being Lisa, says, Collinsworth must need a shoe in his ascot. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, basically, I basically say Chris, yeah, she doesn't like Chris Berman either. 
Um, championship banner. Well, I said early early comparison for Ponder is Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, that was my mistake. His comment is, have you ever seen Bledsoe? Unlike Ponder, he had zero mobility and a much bigger arm. Yeah, okay. And it's like, yeah, okay. It was mostly the evasiveness. And Ponder does make strong throws when he's on the run. Um, but no, Bledsoe was pretty much a statue, so what the hell. And that's basically what Vikings David, also Viking David, says. As well, I believe Viking David's from Florida. Just leave that. Yep. He's, he's like, yeah, what? Bledsoe was a statue. And then I say, okay, how about Rich Gannon? How is he? How about he's kind of similar to Rich Gannon, especially with those rollout passes, which he does an awful lot. Carlos, Carla Zand says, oh, hell no. And I'm like, well, would you like to make a uh, suggestion then? And she says, that's me after the Green Bay game. We'll see how that thing turns out. Viking David responds to the Rich Gannon thought, too. That one might, uh, excuse me, he says for sure when I say that one might be better. Carla com- closes that comment, Terry, with I need to ponder a little longer. So you got to like that. Um, Championship Banner also makes his response and says... It'll be interesting to see him go against the defense when the game isn't already decided. So, yeah, I mean, they were, you know, the Bears were not really that worried about defending Christian Ponder as much as they would have been if it was a 14-14 third quarter or whatever, 21-21 third quarter. He also says that uh, I would say Wade Wilson might be a better comparison. Uh, hmm. That doesn't look good for Christian Ponder. I don't know. You must not like him very much. Uh, well, Wade Wilson had his moments, but he wasn't exactly the most successful Viking quarterback in history. Nicholas Borboom closes the mentions on Twitter with, I agree with you on that. I have high hopes for him just from what I saw on Sunday. So basically, he's talking about the Rich Gannon, I believe, agreeing with me on Rich Gannon. Yeah, Rich Gannon had a pretty good career in the NFL, and um, I was kind of annoyed when the Vikings got rid of him so easily. Though at the time I figured, oh, McMahon must be an upgrade, and he really wasn't. Jim McMahon, that is the 93 Vikings. Yeah, mediocre 9-17 and 17 that played pretty good against the Giants and lost. Vikings had multiple. Gosh, the Vikings had three games against the Giants in the postseason. Kind of cool, huh? They lost in 93 to Phil Sims. They beat uh, Jim Hazlett and, uh, and uh, what's-his-face? Ta. <laughs> Mr. Collins, Kerry Collins, in New York in 97. They actually, Vikings actually finally won a playoff game and on the road against the Giants, Jim Fossil, all those goofballs. But then they lost to the Giants in 2000. Yeah, well, let's just leave that alone and move on. We've had some interesting football games against those Giants. So that's pretty much the gist with your fan involvement. Thank you guys so very much. Okay, again, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, and of course, especially do not forget to call in to the voicemail 209-736-7877 209-736-7877 do give that a call it would be oh so very much appreciated so now we are going to move on with dylan richardson but first i must remind you at the end of the conversation with myself and dylan richardson there will be a third segment that's right a third segment in which we will have a purple mafia nostalgic segment about episode number 100. We're going to go, we're going to whack some nostalgic regarding the Purple Mafia and the three and a half years. It won't be very long, I promise, though the show appears to be headed in the more long direction. But, <laughs> hey, you guys like the show? Listen to it, enjoy it. Maybe you have to listen to part of it one day and part of it the next. Uh, well, whatever. But with no further ado, we're finally going to get with the man, Dylan Richardson.
here comes their number one draft choice, 12th overall at a Florida State, making his NFL debut right now, Christian Ponder, the quarterback of the future, and the future apparently is right now. Back to square one. Was a play fake and rolls out, and his first NFL carry is going to be good for a first down from the 30. Ponder will swing it to Peterson. Not much happening out there. Roach is there. Second and 20. Handles that high snap. And then throws and finds the open man, and that's Harvin. And Harvin comes close to picking up a first down as he gets to the 50-yard line. Good hard play fake and throws a bullet, and that's another first down. And that is caught by Michael Jenkins, who takes it to the 22-yard line, the former Falcon. Briggs comes through, and the catch is made, but Shanko cannot pick up the first. That'll be a, a yard or two shy. <laughs> Erlacher makes the tackle. They turn it over on down. Uh, Erlacher thought he had one there. Well, there's a lot of stuff that's a little mysterious there, too, as well as Greg Camarillo makes the catch. It takes the ball to the 37-yard line. Third and 17. And that catch is made by Michael Jenkins. He does throw a pretty ball. He has a quick release, not a lot of extra motion to that delivery, and he's putting it in good spots. If you are looking for a positive sign, and there aren't many tonight, it's amazing that these two quarterbacks have played pretty well, and they're getting hammered like this. Not a bad debut for one Christian Ponder. I have to agree with Chris Collinsworth. I do as well. God, we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 100. That's right, the grand 100 of Purple Mafia. It's the real deal. Dylan Richardson is back on board. 100 episodes. Congratulations, Joey. Thank you. Thank you so very much. And thank you for helping make this all possible. I just, uh, it's a great thrill to be here for the century mark and to have you on board is, uh, is the, <laughs> is, is the best option. It's always good to be on the mafia here talking to the mafiosos and all the mafia listeners and all you people on Facebook and the people that call in that need to call in more right yes they do need to call in more 209-736-7877 209-736-7877 is the voicemail do treat it as such mention which show you are calling in for which is of course the well century mark <laughs> purple mafia and uh state your comment shout out question opine and uh you'll be on air with us it'd be spectacular you can even piss and moan on it if you like Yes, you can. That's and then with this year, we're going to be doing a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, huh? Well, I guess this kind of just threw it out the window of the whole suck for luck thing. I think, you know, maybe maybe the Bears were playing somewhat of a generic defense, but like Chris Collinsworth said, at least there was a positive that did come out of this game, and you got to see what you got. You know, it's that's the truth. I mean, they. The defense looked great. Uh, McNabb was nailed all over the place. Um, <laughs> and the question of the question of, of the year here, or at least of the week, I shouldn't say the year, is: Do they? Do you still? Do you still see the uh, Chicago Bears offensive line is the worst in the NFL? I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't. What happened? Did, what? I mean, yeah. 
I, I don't understand how they can play like total crap one week and the next week get it together. And, you know, they're not going against chumps. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. the Vikings defense are pretty tough. Jared mm-hmm. Allen in particular. And, you know, pretty much make that defense kind of a non-factor. I, I don't, I don't get it. And, you know, if you listen to last episode, I picked the Vikings to win because I don't know what Bears team is going to show up. That's the problem. It's the whole Jekyll, <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. Dr. <laughs> Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Dr. J or Mr. Cutler. I mean, it's, <laughs> okay, I couldn't help it, but <laughs> looks like it was uh, Dr. J, I guess. Yeah, there we go. That's probably the better one of the two. Um, he looked fantastic in the game, but the, the defensive line of the Chicago Bears looked fantastic. I, that's one of the strengths, I think, of the Bears in general, the, the defensive line, the linebackers. Um, some people may agree, some may disagree, but that's a big reason why I see the Bears as still a legitimate uh at least a team that can compete for a, for a wild card at this point. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, you know, playing the Lions again and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Packers again as well. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, this is this is the new NFC East for sure. But, you know, it was kind of an odd, an odd game, at least for the Vikings, because they were still putting up decent numbers. And I know that McNabb had a few arid throws, but he didn't. I don't think he got picked off. Nope. And, and I'm looking at the stat here. He went 19 of 24 for 177 yards, mm-hmm. but there's just no points, you know? There was no points going along with that. No points. And, and that's been the story of the season with Donovan McNabb. There is no points at all. I mean, you, total stats of the year for four touchdowns, two interceptions. We're talking less than a touchdown pass a game. This guy used to be... Uh, as a Philadelphia Eagle, I really looked up to him as a guy. Boy, wouldn't he look great in purple if all in a perfect world. Oh, my God, wouldn't he be great? And then wouldn't you know it, it just age 34, it's not like he's that old. And uh, his mobility's there, but mentally he's checked out. Plain as day, he's checked out pretty much since week two. And <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I, I should probably say he's checked out since week one of last season with the Redskins, I would say. But, um it's, but yep, but still, you know, um, usually when a quarterback gets pulled, you know, they're they're pulling a Rex Grossman, as I like to say. Yeah. And in fact, Rex Grossman pulled a Rex Grossman last week with four picks. That's why he got pulled. Mm-hmm. But, you know, McNabb wasn't – it didn't look like I – I don't know what it was, man. It's just – it's almost like uh, having a curse put on you or something. The guy's not really playing that bad. No. But it's just bad enough to not be getting that crucial first down or mm-hmm. put any points on the board. It's, it, it's odd, Joey. And I'm kind of glad that I'm here with you because maybe, maybe you can shine a spotlight on it even more so because I, I don't get it. That's the thing. It's so strange. It, it is like a curse or a chain. He's being chained down something. His arms are chained. His, well, his, his legs aren't chained, but I think his arms are or something or his brain is. I <laughs> I don't understand it either. It it's yeah, statistically you look at it and you say, well, he didn't do that bad, but then it's like, well, yeah, he kind of did. He he he'll, he'll make plays in general, but he won't make the plays he has to make. That's the problem with shucks. That's been the problem with Minnesota sports since uh, 1961, but <laughs> but um overall, it, it really is mystifying. I mean, you consider 80% completion percentage almost 200 yards 
uh, passer rating of almost 98, yet all Viking fans today will tell you McNabb sucked. That's the funny part. They'll tell you straight up, McNabb sucked and Ponder was great, yet Christian Ponder, 53% passer rating, uh, <laughs> or excuse me, not passer rating, 53% uh, yeah. completion, excuse me, passer rating about 71, but yeah. But you know as well as I that the most popular guy in town is that backup quarterback. Absolutely. Especially when the team is struggling. Absolutely. That is the most that is absolutely the truth. The least popular are the starting quarterback and the offensive coordinator, and that is always yeah, that that's tradition in the National Football League, and that backup quarterback, he is he is the fan favorite no matter who it is. Even if it's Tavares, Jack. Okay, no, I won't go that far. But <laughs> T Jack, <laughs> T Jack, yep. Oh boy, Joe Webb. <laughs> you know, I think Joe Webb is a better quarterback than Tavares. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like right away you could tell he's more mentally stronger, more strong than uh, Tavares Jackson coming in, and he won playoff or not playoff games, but uh, games against winning teams on the road. Whereas Tavares Jackson. Well, there was one team he could play against for the most part, Arizona, and occasionally he could play well against Detroit. <laughs> That's the so, biggest joke. Mm-hmm. All in all, it was a pretty horrible game. I mean, but, even even as a Bears fan, me watching, I was like, ah, this... Really? Uh, yeah, because, man, I, I really dig close games. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. to see a blowout like that. The only The only positive, really, that... I got out of it was really getting to see, you know, the new rookie quarterback come out and and play, you know, because, you know, I haven't seen him play except for, you know, whatever preseason stuff, which I don't mm-hmm. remember even seeing him throw a pass, but it, I wasn't watching preseason, uh, you know, really up, you know, like glued to the TV or anything. But mm-hmm. it was kind of cool to see him come in there and then actually do something pretty, pretty good. So, you know, the question I have for you, Joey, here, yep. it's... How how do you not start this guy next week? You have to. Yep. And for PR alone, you have to start him. Um, yeah, I know. It's like some people would look at it and say, you really can't bench McNabb because he didn't get you killed like Rex Grossman, like Tavares Jackson, heck, even like Favre last year, for crying out loud. Yeah. But, <laughs> but no, you have to. It's a PR move that you have to make. I would have said start him in the Arizona game for the same purpose because boost his morale against the worst pass defense maybe ever um, at home rather than put him in, you know, Soldier Field as his first game and get, you know, pounded, which is what could have happened but actually didn't, believe it or not. Um, or Green Bay, which I'm sure the score will be just a little bit similar next week. Uh, by the way, the audience actually didn't even mention the score, 39-10 to 10 officially. Chicago Bears trounced the Vikings by 29 points in Soldier yeah. Field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, no, they, they have to do it. Sorry, I'm bouncing around too much. But they have to start Christian Ponder next week for uh, PR reasons alone. You want to sell tickets. Um, you have to. You want to sell tickets. You want to sell jerseys. You want to sell uh, a morale boost of any kind, any type of momentum or buzz for this franchise. You have to start Christian Ponder, regardless if he's throwing knuckleballs out there or if he's passing for 300 yards and three touchdowns. You've got to do something. you yeah. got to make the move. Yep, excuse me. Hmm? Yeah, and it's it's good to see what you got, like I was saying before. Um, boy, yeah, this just was, you know, <laughs> the Hester <laughs> return and, 
Oh man! I just don't. I don't. I don't want to sit here and gloat, and I won't because mm-hmm. it just wasn't. You know, it's just when you have something that's like a one-score game, or hell, even a two-score game, like a touchdown and a field goal. You know, you get pumped up about. But I was like, you know, messaging you and stuff, and we were talking on Twitter, and I was like, mm-hmm. hey. um I, I thought <laughs> I thought the Vikings were good in the first half. What's going on? Yeah, it looked good at first, but then it's like what? What, what is it? Twenty six to three by the end by the the end of the half. It's like demolition derby for the yeah, Vikings. How, how are they going to give up twenty points in the, in oh the second God. half? If they don't have them to give. Yeah, they they almost did. They gave up thirteen. <laughs> I, I had to say it, but. Almost did. <laughs> oh, I, I had to. It's one of those things. Um, it's yeah, we did, <laughs> but it's it's like where, where do you go with this? Were the Vikings that bad, or are the Bears this? Well, maybe I won't say this good, but geez, uh, I guess at minimum they 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 definitely showed something yesterday. I Jay Cutler to me, I'm telling you, Jay Cutler. When his morale is high, he can play. You know, when that's the other key coming in um, is. I think it's how much insulin he took that day. <laughs> that that's part of it too, <laughs> and and the, you know the protection of the. I mean, Mike Marks actually Mike Marts, excuse me, actually did what uh, what he said he was going to do. He was going to set up Jay Cutler for quicker passing plays to avoid you know getting himself killed like last week, and it worked. Doggone it, it worked. Yeah, we'll see if they can stick to that game plan because really it's like it's like a one on one off type of deal. Mm-hmm. You know, Leslie Frazier he was quoted in saying this. Uh, he said, "We're going to sit down Monday and talk about a lot of things mm-hmm. and decide where we're going to go." So, you know, mm-hmm. will it be McNabb? Will it be Ponder? Yeah, like they're actually thinking about it now, which is encouraging. Up to this point, it had been. McNabb's a starter, end of story, don't even ask. Now, yep. Yep. it's really going to be, yeah, because, like, even McNabb's kind of out of the loop. Mm-hmm. He's uh, quoted as saying, you know, after after he was questioned, uh, do you think that you're going to be the starter on Sunday against Green Bay? And he says, absolutely. So, wow. uh, I don't know, you got, is, is there a quarterback controversy going on now? Or, you know, that's, that I'm kind of, that's kind of like a, a storyline that I'm going to be definitely following throughout the week to find out, uh, if Les- Leslie Frazier is going to give out the good juice before, uh, before any, uh, game day. He probably won't, huh? Yeah, he's one of those extremely close to the vest types. He's, gosh, he's almost as bad as Childress about that, if not worse. Uh, better personality, of course, more likable, but that close <laughs> to, yeah, that close to the vest. He's not like Mike Tice where he's basically going to broadcast what he, what toothpaste he uses, basically, uh, you know, to to the world. So it's going to be, it you know, it may come down to a game time decision, believe it or not, which would be kind of lame. <laughs> It'll definitely be interesting. And every time you mention Mike Tice, I always think about the pencil behind the ear. Yep, that's what that's just <laughs> the way my brain works. I don't know why uh, that pops up. I just see him having that pencil behind his ear and writing down in his little book, uh, "Who's not your nice?" I guess. Yeah, that was one of his main things, the pencil and then the chewing gum and then the, the vest, right, the, the black vest he would wear when he was the coach, the, the head coach here, yep. I kind of liked him a little bit, to be honest. I did too, you know, because he mm-hmm. was kind of, you know, here's what we're going to do. You can beat us, beat us. 
Yeah, I I like that more, especially in the media, which is where we're at right now. It's it's heck, it prevent it it provides better information for us, more to talk about, more to banter about, and um, guys like Childress would frustrate everybody from the fans to the media. It's kind of like uh, like John Madden back in the day when he was the coach of the Raiders. Mm-hmm. He would say, "We're going to run two defenses: cover one, cover two. That's, <laughs> that's funny. Yep, and that's about now it. Oh, huh? it's so funny. Everything's all disguised. You know, you're gonna okay. You're gonna fake this guy's gonna blitz, but really the free safety's gonna blitz, and we're gonna overload this side. We're gonna crisscross these guys. Where you know, back in the day, it's kind of funny how football's evolved. You just, yeah. we're just gonna line up." You know, mano y mano, and kick your butt. And in a lot of ways, that was better, wasn't it? Yeah, kind of, kind of was. But now it's kind of like it's like a little mm-hmm. bit too cute, and you're going to get caught out of position. You know? Yeah, and a little a... too cute, and uh, next thing you know, you're getting burned for eighty yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the more cute you get, the more likely you're going to have players make mental mistakes and not do what they're supposed to. Basically, I know. If you it's ever look at those playbooks, they're like novels. Mm-hmm. They're like War and Peace that they carry around. And mm-hmm. it's funny because they, they, like, a lot of the players will say, well, we might run the same play, like, maybe three times. I'm like, holy cow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of plays to be remembering. Yeah, and it you, is. Then you're going to add little. But then again, you know, it is their job, and they do get paid well. So, mm-hmm. And uh, supposedly most of them are college educated. So, uh, <laughs> Yep, they got to be scholars to, to uh, pretty much run the plays. It seems I like. guess. Uh, going to have to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't always happen that way. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's a lot of quarterbacks we could name in that area, too, that you know don't really seem to add up to that. Rex Grill. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> like, what's his name for uh, the Redskins back in the day who couldn't even read, but he had a degree? Oh, who was that again? Um, I always want to say Pat. No, it's not that guy. Um Dexter Manley. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a while back, huh? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Couldn't read, but he, uh, yeah, he, uh, he's got a degree. Mm-hmm. Proof that degrees don't always make you smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no kidding. Dude's been in and out of jail. He can't keep his nose out of the white stuff. But uh, oh, I have heard man. that for the last, like, two, three years, though, he has done well. So good on you, Dexter. Mm-hmm. Let's Keep just start. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was that? Yeah, it's a start in the right direction, at least, I guess, hopefully. So, really, uh, at this point, shoot, I mean, you got, uh, you have Devin Hester pretty much jumping into the record books here. What is he, third all-time now in uh, kick return touchdowns? I believe 17 now. It's getting crazy. He had a 98-yarder in this game. Right when Viking fans thought just maybe we were slightly getting back in it, 16-point game, 26-10, to 10, boom, instant, instantaneous, next play, kickoff return, 98 yards. Devin Hester has scored a touchdown in, I believe, four consecutive, uh, uh, excuse me, a return touchdown in four consecutive games against the Minnesota Vikings. How about that? Uh-oh. <laughs> Sound, sounds like you guys will be searching for a, a, a special teams coach, huh? It, it could be. I mean, the special teams had been pretty good. For a while, and and that's really, really hard for me to say. For many years, I basically say since I started watching the Minnesota Vikings, and probably well before I started watching it, the Vikings special teams are notorious for being horrible, especially on the coverage side. Um, But this year it was really good for the most part. 
But Devin Hester pretty much ate everyone up. Yesterday. You know what I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't like seeing is is that they got so afraid with the punt after that. You know they had that one that grossed like seventeen yards, mm-hmm. and then there was another oh. one that wasn't too good after that either. And I'm I was like, man, you might as well either kick it to them or just go for it on fourth down because you're not really doing yourself any favors, you know. No, it wasn't working. Just uh, take take uh you know. Play a little Russian roulette and see what you get. At this point, it's probably the best thing the Vikings could do it because just nothing was working. I mean, absolutely nothing was working in the entire game. Even, well, Adrian Peterson did well, but he didn't get the ball much. Being you're down by 400 points, you're not going to rush too much. You know? Exactly. Yep. That's just how and it works. You still had a touchdown in the game, though. And you still had a touchdown, so congratulations to everybody in the fantasy football leagues out there that that had him at hey he maintained his value yeah you at least got six points yep yep (laughs) yep get much more but you got six points (laughs) no 40 yards isn't gonna amount for too much maybe one or two more (laughs) maybe um but yeah i mean hey i i guess he somewhat held his value there uh one of the great plays earlier in this game though uh yeah when the vikings looked like they were semi going on some type of momentum You'll, I'm sure you'll remember this play. I don't know how you could forget at this point. I, I, uh, I think I got it right here. You, you think you know what it is? Yeah. 37, the ball is at the 47. Cutler stepping up, and finally they get to him, and the ball is loose, and that's Allen who comes up with the football. At the 43-yard line, Jared Allen. There he is out here. Working against Webb, you can't say Webb didn't have good protection. Cutler tries to step up, but he holds the ball so far away from his body. <laughs> Allen's able to get that thing out of here. And here we go for the Minnesota Vikings. This is exactly what they needed to start this half. And at the time, that was exactly what they needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was They're a... Right there? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's part of it. Yeah, that that's on the positive end. I was thinking of a negative one, but no, oh, no, think- very good call, though. Yep. You were thinking of the this one. What? Not, dang it, that was the wrong one. Oh, no, it's <laughs> I, clicked right. on the, I clicked on the right one, and it went to the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Should, I, should I tell you which one? Oh, what? Fullback, yeah. it's Tyler Clutch. Yeah. Play action. I don't know why it keeps on going. It's all right. Okay. It's Check more difficulties here. Yep, live on the air. No, yeah. it's okay. Where is it at? <laughs> really, it's the... Uh, yeah, it's a safety. I had it up here, but oh well. Sorry about that. No, that's cool. Yeah, there's the safety. But really, the, actually, the play, though, that I thought, it looked like the Vikings were having a lot of momentum, well, in the drive, not the actual play itself. It got down to fourth and three. The Vikings needed, you know, they were going to go for it. Fourth and three, we were on the, was it the Bears 20? We were oh, really close. Yep. And I then, yep. yeah, and then false start. What a surprise. <laughs> oh, what a surprise. And then let's bring in the kicker. Oh, the, the the upright, you're supposed to kick it forward, not to the side. So I don't know where that one was going. <laughs> it was like he was trying to kick a soccer ball or something. It was, uh, and Longwell's my favorite kicker in the league, and that's not even because he's a Viking. But that was the worst kick I've ever seen him make. Maybe it was the holder's fault, maybe it was the snapper, but regardless, the fact that the Vikings could go from, you know, a position where they're going to go for and forth and three to get a <laughs> Flipping false start call. <laughs> you almost, you uh, yeah. almost pulled a me on the last show. <laughs> almost, yep, almost. And then, and then, not only do you get the fourth and eight, and you say, "Screw it, we have to kick now." 
and you basically throw up an uh, an air ball like Dennis Rodman trying to make a three pointer. That's basically what it looked like. <laughs> or or you could call it a Rex Grossman punt in the Super Bowl. Right? <laughs> yeah, that too. That was uh, that was a good memory, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His oh. foot was out. I don't give a shit what they say. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Nothing like holding grudges for four or five years, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't blame you for that. I, I really don't. And it's amazing to even think about Rex Grossman as a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. I'll never <laughs> forget that either. You yeah. know, it's weird. It's a phenomenon. Rex Grossman versus Peyton Manning. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about a mismatch. Yep. I think we should listen to what uh, Leslie Frazier had to say after the game. Very disappointing loss uh, here in Chicago. Uh, really didn't play well in, in any phase uh, tonight. Uh, wasn't able to, to stop him on defense, running or passing, and uh, couldn't really get anything going uh, offensively. And just uh, the big play on special teams. So just, uh, just a, a disappointing night uh, for our football team. Just where we were in the ball game, where the score was. Uh, just wanted to get him in there, uh, let him take some snaps, and get a chance to get a feel for NFL tempo. Yeah, we got to sit down on Monday and just you know, talk about a lot of things and just decide on what direction we want to go. I thought he did a, a good job under the circumstances. You know, we'll go back and look at the tape and, and, and fully evaluate it. But it seems like he moved around pretty good. But you know, look at the tape and just see. <laughs> Follow along with what they say. It's Donovan McNabb. Mm-hmm. Have a great week of practice, preparation as well. Uh, everyone's on the same page. You know, we kind of had some mishaps in the first first two series, and all of a sudden now we look up, we're down. Uh, you know, and then you continue to fight all throughout the game, and uh, we have nothing really to show for it. So, you know, I definitely follow along with how the, the guys are feeling right now at this particular point. You know, we're all upset. But the thing you can't do is you can't harp on the situation. You just watch the film. Communicate with each other. Make sure you're back on the same page, and look forward to uh, possibly changing things the next week. Well, it just seems like it's it's just something every single play. There's um, nothing that you can just pinpoint. Uh, but you know, you get in certain situations, you got to be able to capitalize. And uh, if there was, you know, you know, just a mix of everything on the offensive side, and you know, we sustain drives and we get down to a certain situation, we get down on fourth fourth down. You know, we take a shot and, you know, we jump off sides or, you know, miss half up front or myself, miss two, whatever it may be. It's just a mix of everything together. And collectively on offense, you know, we're all upset about this particular game. Well, you know, I'm going to keep fighting until the end. Um, you know, and, you know, we had positive plays, uh, moving the ball. Um, but again, you know, when, when the decision is made like that, when you're down 39 to, 10 or whatever. Mm. You know, you take guys out. AP came out. Uh, you know, some other guys came out. You know, so uh, the kids got to get some reps. And uh, in that, that situation, you know, he wanted to get them some, some work. And, you know, obviously, you want to keep fighting with your team, but, you know, knowing the situation, uh, it was probably the best thing for him. Absolutely. You know, obviously, when you kind of get in in that situation and stuff, but I thought he handled it well. He did a great job moving the guys down downfield. Uh, he got a got a, a great feel of a game situation, uh, and I thought he handled it well. I mean, that's just the type of person I am. 
uh, everybody's different, but uh, I'm all about winning, you know, and to see everyone play well. And, uh, you know, he prepares well. Uh, you know, for him to go out there and, and kind of get things going, I was happy. For I was happy that the team was moving. Uh, wish we could have got some more points to the board, but, uh, you know, for me, it's all about competing and winning. I don't At see least. it in like, well, like this, as you say, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. You won a five at this particular point. Um, you know, felt like we did a lot of great things today, but, you know, I guess, uh, we'll sit down and talk, but I still expect them to be in there next week. Boy, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I that, don't know if he's going to be in there next week. That would surprise me. I think it's something he kind of has to say, I guess. <laughs> to yeah, be, exactly. And especially right after the game and everything. And uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's one of those deals where it's like you don't really, uh, you'd be shocked to hear him like basically come out and say, I don't expect to start next week. I think it's going to be Christian. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those deals where it's like he's kind of, He's he's on the spot. His back's against the wall. Okay, there we go. There we go with the cliches. But <laughs> um, literally, his back is against the wall at this point. And all he can say pretty much, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be in there. You know, if they don't get something going, mm-hmm. it could be the same thing all over again, you know? Isn't that very the sad well part? Could, <laughs> it very, very well could be because next week you're going against the best team in the NFL as of right now. As of right now, they clearly are. They are stomping everybody. The best team, the best quarterback, maybe the best coach. Uh, not the best running game, but no. Yeah, they have to. <laughs> <laughs> they have to have. They have to have holes somewhere. I guess it's one of those deals. Um, but it's uh, uh, well. The last time the Packers came into the Metrodome or Mall of America Field, it was thirty-one to three, and Brad Childress. Well, it was finally the end of. Uh, a run with a fan base that never liked him, basically. Um, fan base likes Frazier to this point, but I gotta say this on air really quick, really quick. I gotta say it is if things don't dramatically improve for this football team, Frazier will be gone after next season. Mm. Mm-hmm, in, in my opinion, I, I just kind of have that feeling. Um, that's just my prediction at this point. If things don't improve greatly, I got to think it's a two-year window for, say, if this team is like th- four and twelve, like two years in a row or something. He's there's no way he's going to survive that. Hmm, that's something to ponder. ponder. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I knew that was coming. Yep, I got the power. Yep, the the Christian Ponder debut, just like uh, shucks the soundbite coming into. This segment, of course, of the wonderful episode number 100 is uh, Kristen Ponder. That's the, that is the ray of hope for the Minnesota Vikings right now. Um, he looked okay. It seemed like he, he's just a little bit uh, gun shy, a little bit too quick to run. Just a little, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some, there's some big boys after you there. Yeah. yeah. The difference between the NFL and college is that, you know, sometimes if you can get to that edge, you're going to be good, mm-hmm. but everyone's fast in the NFL. Even the damn defensive linemen are pretty quick for their size. Sure. you got a guy like Peppers who, you know, is can darn near run like running back speed, and but he's, what, like 6'4", 
Million pounds. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a monster. He got heck. He had two sacks yesterday on, on Donovan McNabb. Um, it was that. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You got these these bulldozers coming at you. It's a little bit scary. The first couple of games, I got to think, especially your first snap in a real game. Preseason is one thing. He was a little scared on his first little deal, but Christian Ponder does uh, give me the impression that just a couple reps, you're going to see improvement. A couple more reps, you're going to see more improvement, and so on and so forth. He, he just seems like the kind of guy that's going to catch on and going to improve and going to improve and going to improve. Like, how, how much will he improve? Yet to be seen. But long term, I've got, I've, I've got a good feeling about him in this division. I mean, it's going to be a pretty uh, good division quarterback-wise for a long time if Ponder does pan out. Because I do think uh, Jay Cutler is a legit quarterback in this league. Yeah, he's uh, boy. It's just the whole up and down, but a lot of that has mm-hmm. to has to do with that offensive line. They yep. really they need to they need to draft a tackle. They need to draft. I said that last show, but man, yeah. they need they need something there. It's just it ain't it's not working. I mean, they looked good this one. Let's see if they can string two games in a row. Mm-hmm. I don't want to jump on the you know hooray hooray. You know they're, they're <laughs> back to oh six. You know this time with a good quarterback. Or even, you know, hooray, hooray, it's, you know, last season where they won the division and went to the championship game. But, you know, they're a work in progress, and that that offensive line is definitely a work in progress for the last 10 years, it seems. Yeah, and I I feel the same about the offensive line here in Minnesota. Especially, yeah, they absolutely need a tackle. Like, both teams need to address the tackle position in the draft. And in free agency, I would think. Uh, free agency is kind of a crapshoot. Granted, the draft is too. But if you're going to, if you're able to draft high, which I do think the Vikings could be doing. I mean, if the Vikings finish 4-12 and this year, to be honest, I won't be mad because I want a top five pick. And if it's a, if it's a bookend tackle, I would, I would be absolutely thrilled. And yeah, the Bears and the Vikings, that's the key. You got the young quarterback pretty much at every position, uh, every team in this division, um, you need that offensive line to build a foundation for the team so you can be successful in this league, especially for the young quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's going to be another interesting thing. If, uh, you know, I mean, I hate to say, what if they, they get that top pick? They can really do some damage in next mm-hmm. year's draft by trading that because obviously they're not, people mm-hmm. are going to be gunning for Andrew Luck. Yep, the they're going to be gunning yep. for him. They're going to give give up their first round and like a second or even maybe a first and a third mm-hmm. and it's going to be a good way that they can just kind of rainbow some some parlay some draft picks maybe later on in the first round and trade down a little bit and get some really good good picks to to sure up you know that team so you know it could be a you know the reverse Herschel Walker situation yeah, I mean, look at the uh, San Diego Chargers, what they did. You know, the whole who to pick if you can't get Vic. You know, like a nice little rhyme there, which was on the ESPN. Yeah. Yep, I still remember that because I'm crazy. But uh, look at look how San Diego turned out. Michael Vic does not want to play for the Chargers, so the Chargers wind up with LT, <laughs> Danian Tomlinson, who was the fifth pick by Atlanta. Um, the Chargers won pure, flat out. They even got Drew Brees in the second round. He didn't pan out right away. They needed to light a fire under him by taking Philip Rivers. That's a lot. Exactly. <laughs> After they, they drafted Eli Manning and traded him because 
Eli didn't feel the, or actually Papa Manning yep. didn't feel like that team was any uh, anywhere close to winning a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which it almost happened before the Giants did, which was kind of funny how yeah they got that, better how first. that turned out, mm-hmm. but you know they did wind up winning a Super Bowl. That was the weirdest ever how that turned out. It looked like the Chargers were on their way to be in the next. Maybe not a dynasty, but at least one or two, maybe a possible Super Bowl berth at minimum, if not a championship. And then the Giants out of nowhere, bloop, go all the way and win. It's like, okay. Yeah, on, yeah, on, on, a, on a wild card <laughs> season, make it all the way to the Super Bowl and beat an undefeated team. Weirdest scenario of all time. It, it is really weird. I mean, probably even crazier than, well, no, not probably. Even crazier than Broadway Joe well before our time, but, eh, you know. <laughs> Super Bowl three, Super Bowl three, Jets and Baltimore Colts. Yep, one of the coolest names ever when you talk about retro football. Yep, but it's uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting to see how things pan out. It's obviously the offensive line is getting absolute key for these young quarterbacks. Ponder, Cutler, uh, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford as as people would say, you know, you don't want him on the bat on his back either. The Detroit Lions obviously probably still need some more improvement on that line, but it's it's better than it was. That's why they're they're winning. Packers, you know, if they their their offensive line seems to be holding up more than enough to win a championship. So there you go. That's the result. If you can have a good foundation to go with your young quarterback, that's the result. Rings. That's what that's what we want in Minnesota and Chicago. Yes. Another thing I want to ask you about the trade yes. deadline is tomorrow, isn't it? I believe I so. It, yep. I think it is Tuesday, uh, October eighteenth is the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think that any any the Vikings are going to make any kind of move? There have been no rumors to this point that I can think of. It'll, there might be a small end thing, possibly a trade for a receiver. I would think it should be thought of. I wouldn't complain if they made some trade for a backup veteran quarterback and. I you know I wouldn't be completely surprised if they did that actually because stranger things have happened. You acquire the Bengals yeah. pretty much wiped out any uh, anything about uh, trading Palmer because oh, the only right. reason he's retired because he said trade me or I retire. So mm-hmm. I I thought maybe they would you know there's been talk about him possibly going to the Seahawks but mm-hmm. uh, old Brown boy I can't remember what's his name something Paul Brown right mm-hmm. no or kind of. Anyways, mm. the Browns, yeah. not the Browns. I meant um, the uh, Seahawks. No, the Bengals. Yes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, so it's all right. Brown, <laughs> I'm thinking Browns, and then anyways, the Bengals uh, pretty much said no. He's retired. Mm, that's weird. What <laughs> a smart ass thing to say, right? That's weird. Yeah, I'm I forgot like... about the second half of what he said there. Mm-hmm. He's retired. Mm-hmm. You think they would milk that and try to get something? I mean, they could get. They could probably get like a fifth or sixth round pick, or at least why know, not? Something. Why why not? Yeah, why not? It, it's that's uh-huh. silly. That's silly. I mean, and maybe they will. Maybe they will. Who knows? Well, it's funny how it's like the top heavy teams have the good quarterbacks, though. But um, maybe there's like some middle of the road type of team that could use them. Probably not the Forty ers They're doing too well already as it is. But um, well, I guess we'll see what happens with that. I think if the Vikings make a move, it could be a receiver. Uh, definitely, I really wouldn't be surprised, actually, if they tried to get an offensive lineman of some kind. 
they did make, oh, yes, that's right, there were two concussions yesterday. You had uh, John mm-hmm. Sullivan and Demarcus Sanford both with concussions. Maybe you make a trade to help fill a void there if somebody's going to be out for a while. Yeah, huh? Difficult yeah. deal, huh? Yeah, and then you don't really want to give anything for it, really, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Episode 100 of Purple Mafia. Oh, it Man. Is, mm-hmm. it 100 is a, episodes, Joey. Mm-hmm. It is a thrilling, thrilling thing. It has been so fun to be a part of the sportsstuff.com, and I could see myself here another 100 episodes, maybe even more 100 beyond that. <laughs> it's That would I, be way cool. It, it would. I, I really appreciate you saying that. It's... This has been and this has been like a absolute pleasure to be a part of the sportsup.com and I anticipate being there a long time. Um, Purple Mafia listeners out there, you have been fantastic supporting this show. Dylan Richardson, of course, fantastic. I uh, gotta thank Farzine also as well for referring me to Dylan Richardson of the sportsup.com. Farzine is the host of the Chief Zone on the sportsup.com and on iTunes. Don't forget to check that out, whether you're a Chiefs fan or not. It's it's some good stuff. That it is. That it is. And I'll be rooting for the for the Vikings next week. Thank you. <laughs> Give the sons of guns, as I like to call them, the Peckers. No, mm-hmm. I didn't mispronounce it. It's the Peckers. Mm-hmm. Their first loss of the season. Gosh, I, I hope it'll be like a Rudy moment, dude. I I can't wait. If the Vikings with Christian Ponder beat Green Bay in the Metrodome... <laughs> It would be the craziest event ever, I think. Well, Joey, it's been nice being on your show. I'd like to say I'd like to bid the bye to the Purple Mafia. I will be back sometime. Anytime, Joey, you want me? Absolutely. Yep. Yep, I'll, I'll want you on board as, as much as I can. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. Later, Thanks. Mafia. And hey, stick around. We ain't done yet. We'll be right back for the 100th episode nostalgic segment. Purple Mafia, episode number 100, which is, of course, a reminder for all iPod users, MP3, play, MP3 players like the Microsoft Zune and others and such. Um, yes, this is this is the wonderful uh, <laughs> episode 100 special segment, but first, before I get to that, very briefly, um, I'm just going to remember Al Davis really quickly. Al Davis, of course, the owner of the uh, Oakland Raiders. The L.A. Raiders and the Oakland Raiders again, of course. Um, the commissioner of the AFL. He, uh, one of the founding, fa- well, you know, you could say one of the founding fathers of modern-day football. The whole Super Bowl era and all that good stuff. The Autumn Wind is a Raider, all that. Um, just uh, one of the crazier owners as time went on. 
Early on, he was one of the best owners, but as time went on, he got crazier and crazier and crazier. Um, but really, again, one of the pioneers of modern-day football. So real quick, we're going to remember Al Davis. We're going to um, respect him with a quick moment of silence here. All right, so thank you again, Al Davis. Uh, rest in peace, and um, yeah, good luck to the Oakland Raiders in the future and all that. So here we go, episode 100, Reminiscent Special. Yeah, this show's running a little bit long, but of course it is episode 100, and that's partially why that's the case. So yeah, uh, episode 100. How did we get to this point? Well, everything started with episode 1. The title of that episode, of course, Vikings Acquired Jared Allen. And draft off-season draft slash off-season talk, uh, Purple Mafia debuted on... April 25th, 2008, so about two and a half years already, or excuse me, three and a half years of Purple Mafia already, amazing. It has been, it has been a long run there. Um, so really, yeah, with, from such low listenership with Paladino Live, of course, that was the other show, I wanted to branch from Paladino Live into a football podcast where it talked only about the Vikings, rather than, um, well, see, I noticed how Paladino Live would have a little boosts when it was a uh, Viking heavy show. It, it had little boosts, but really Paladino Live was a kind of a general multi-team, multi-sport show, which unfortunately was just not in, not really a successful idea in the podcasting uh, the podcasting world. You need to have a one thing identity pretty much for for podcasting, and uh, that's just how things had to had to be. Unfortunately, um, yeah, I had pretty much low listenership. I had under 100 listeners with Paladino Live. Um, so to see Paladino, uh, Purple Mafia, on episode number one of Purple Mafia, to already have like record numbers versus Paladino Live, checks like three or four times the numbers on episode number one of Purple Mafia versus every single episode of Paladino Live, it was a huge boost in confidence. It's like, I made the right decision here. Um, I made the right decision doing an only football show. Uh, coming up with the name Purple Mafia, of course, uh, getting the nickname Paladino Joey from Subpenny Radio, who was was hosted by Simon. Uh, never got the guy's last name. You know, he just didn't give it out. It just went by Simon. Uh, Subpenny Radio was a penny stock show. That's right, penny stocks. Uh, it was a live internet radio show broadcast on Live 365. It was also restreamed on that same thing. Live 365, an interesting idea. I almost actually wound up with him on his... Excuse me, trying not to choke to death here, but um, I almost wound up on his station with Live 365, Subpenny Radio. I almost wound up doing Paladino Live on there, but it just was not meant to be. Simon suddenly disappeared, came up with Paladino Live and video, went to podcasting, and now here we are with Purple Mafia. Um... but no, yep, the name Paladino Joey was because my uh, screen name on Yahoo was Blue Paladin Joey. He decided to go with Blue Paladino Joey for whatever reason. Uh, my belief is he thought I looked like an Italian, <laughs> which I'm not, unfortunately. I'm actually half Lebanese and, yeah, half Caucasian. But um, to come up with Paladino Joey, I thought that was the coolest idea ever because uh, Paladino is Italian for Paladin. And, of course, it's also a last name. You know, Joe Palladino is a... Shucks, he's with the Celtics somehow. I forget. He's like a PA announcer or something with them. But um, 
beside the point with Paladino, you get the Italian name. Uh, you think about, hey, Purple purple Mafia. Purple Mafia, hmm. Bunch of tough guys, they kind of operate like a family together. The Purple People Eaters, the Purple Mafia. Hey, there you go. So that's where the name started. Uh, the idea of Purple Mafia started when Farzine said I should make a football-only show, which to date has been the best decision in my career. There is no doubt about that. This has been the best decision in my career so far in the broadcasting uh, area, other than doing, I guess, video game reviews on on YouTube, which, you know, or talking about the Minnesota Vikings on YouTube, that was actually probably, <laughs> in a way, that was the best idea of my, of my uh, broadcasting career as well, because, well, it kind of got me here today. Without that, I would have never been referred to thesportstuff.com. So, very cool. Thanks again, Farzine Vasugian, host of the Chief Zone. I talked about him earlier with Dylan. Uh, Purple Mafia, again, yeah, as I mentioned, got its name from my host, you know, the host, that's me, Paladino, Italian for Paladin. And, of course, Purple being the Vikings' main color scheme, Purple Mafia making the team into a family of tough guys, a la NFL players. Um, the only ge- the only shows, well, we've had shows with guests, <laughs> Episode number 97, episode number 99, and episode number 100. So we've had three shows with guests. Uh, episode 97 at Farzine and Spencer. 99 and 100 both were deal with Dylan Richardson. Thank you guys also very much. All the sportsstuff.com members. Um, Spencer, the only one who's not been a host, but he's been a guest on shows. I believe he's been on the sports fans in the past. Very cool. Spencer's the only Minnesota-based uh, member of that group. Of course, Dylan Richardson from Northern California. Farzine. Um, in Kansas City, Kansas City based, he's actually of, of Iranian blood, so that's also very cool. Um, but yeah, over the course of three and a half years, a lot of things have happened. Let's get to those. Um, with the Vikings in general, like historical events that have happened with the Vikings. Well, there was one coaching change. Leslie Fraser replaced Brad Childress in episode 79. General manager changes, um, none. We've had Rick Spielman in charge ever since I started episode number one, which I'm okay with, more definitely okay with. Uh, Jared Allen, of course, a major part of getting, excuse me, Rick Spielman, a major part of getting Jared Allen there. Rick Spielman and, of course, Brad Childress at the time. The best trade, of course, that trade, uh, a first and two third rounders and a sixth round swap for Jared Allen. That was episode number one. That's a long time ago. Worst trade officially, well, many sap for Greg Camarillo. Darius Reynad <laughs> for Greg Camarillo or Darius Reynad and Sage Rosenfels for future uh, to the Giants for future picks. Of course, the Camarillo trade was with the uh, Miami Dolphins. I didn't actually write down which episode those were in because that got kind of confusing. I just never got to that, so I apologize. Uh, major event, of course, that took place during Purple Mafia episode number thirty-six. Enter Favre. Yep, Brett Favre officially joined the team. That was a very exciting time for me and for many, many Viking fans out there. So the quarterbacks, yeah, because this team has had a carousel of quarterbacks since 1992. In fact, my uh, my buddy Jared at work, I talked about, you know, this team has had 13 starting quarterbacks, uh, guys that have started multiple games, and, you know, they started for at least a significant amount of time, like probably more than half a season at one point. 13, or excuse me, the 13th one is Christian Ponder, so we'll say 12. Uh, since I started watching the Vikings in 92. That's a lot of quarterback changes. This team has had no real continue, has uh, had no longevity at the quarterback position outside of Dante Culpepper, which was, what, 2000 to 05. That's not very long. That's only like six years. <laughs> it's not very long, really. And everybody was basically begging for Gus Farad to take over. But um, 
Okay, over the course of my 100 shows, the quarterbacks have been Tavares Jackson, Gus Farratt, Brett Favre, Joe Webb, and Donovan McNabb, and of course Ponder. Well, he finally did play a little bit. <laughs> At the time I wrote this down, Ponder had not played yet, so he's included in there. Uh, you could also throw in Kelly Holcomb and Brooks Bollinger, but they only played about one or two games apiece. But still, yeah, that, that's crazy. The other guys, they played a little bit more than that. At least five or six games, three games, I think, in Webb's case. But I had to throw him in there because he started for a while during the Brett, you know, with Brett Favre's concussion problem. Um, the team MVPs, there's, I, I'm giving it to two guys. It was going to be a team MVP since episode number one, but the most valuable players of the Minnesota Vikings since episode number one are Adrian Peterson and Antoine Winfield. So both of those guys getting the major trophy there. Adrian Peterson for obvious reasons, but Antoine Winfield also, in my mind, for obvious reasons. Um, outside of 09, when he had that foot injury, um, Liz Frank foot injury, which is like the center of your foot, that's really bad <laughs> for a cornerback. Um, the guy has just been an awesome, he's been a rock-solid cornerback ever since he suited up for the Vikings in 2004, much to our delight. That was an amazing signing by the Minnesota Vikings. In fact, he was basically a New York Jet. <laughs> from the Buffalo. He was a Buffalo Bill, but he basically he was basically about to sign with the Jets, but at the last second, the Vikings came in and stole him away. A One of the greatest moves in franchise history, acquiring Antoine Winfield. It's unfortunate the poor guy has, has only seen the NFC Championship game once and a few first-round exits to boot since 2004, including that Green Bay Packers uh, win. Vikings defeated the Packers in the uh, after the 0-4 season, so officially January of 05. It was actually pretty cool to see the Minnesota Vikings win their first ever playoff game against Green Bay. But, yeah, it was a very short-lived playoff run. Uh, let's continue. Playoff appearances. When we're talking about playoffs since uh, episode number one of Pro Mafia, of course. 2008, we lost in the first round to the Eagles. 2009, we lost the NFC Championship game versus the New York, versus the New York Saints. Yeah, New Orleans Saints. Uh, we've had two division titles in 08 and 09 since Purple Mafia started. That was the best part. Um, and then I'm going to close the whole uh, reminiscent part here with the best episode overall. Includes, uh, I, it may be second or third in official ratings. I think there was a season preview or season, yeah, season preview episode that actually topped this one, believe it or not. The last season when the Vikings played the New Orleans Saints. Uh, again, yeah, the Saints. But the best overall episode maybe of my entire career, was episode number 58, The What Ifs Live On, January 25th, 2010. Of course, that was a show where the Vikings had lost the NFC Championship game the night before. I got under three hours of sleep, if any sleep, that night because the game kept replaying in my head over and over and over and over again. Just how close the Vikings were to the Super Bowl. Just how many times the Vikings probably could have taken a 13-point lead in that game, but never could. They just could not capitalize because the ball was on the ground. I mean, you can't win a football game when the when the ball is on the ground, just like the quarterback can't pass when his back is on the ground, uh, or he can't make a pass from his back. Um, you just can't do it. Uh, yes, I was operating on fumes that day, did not get any sleep, was working first shift, could not even sleep that night, had to be at work at 6 in the morning, at work and ready to work at 6 a.m. Yeah, not get up at 6. You have to be at work and ready to go at 6 a.m. Um, absolutely no sleep that night, came home and did the show on fumes, and it was the most emotional, uh, heartfelt show of my entire career, those of you should look it up, the what ifs live on, 
You can look in the Hell of Purple Mafia archives on the sportsstuff.com, and you can also... Uh, actually, I'm not sure if it's on iTunes anymore. You may have to... Yeah, you probably have to go to the Purple Mafia archives on the sportsstuff.com. Just keep clicking older posts until you get to that one. Episode number 58, one more time. The what-ifs live on. Uh, you can you can download it if you want to keep the episode for your own. There should be a download button still on the sportsstuff.com under each episode. Um... Do give that a listen if you guys, maybe you're, you're late bloomers to the show, or maybe you just want to hear it again, maybe you heard it back then. I know it was a bad memory, but hey, to me and to many pe- many listeners have told me behind the scenes that was my greatest performance in my career, and you could understand why it would be. I mean, it was very emotional. It's unfortunate it had to come under such devastating circumstances. I mean, I wish it was about, see, it would have been episode number 59, could have, could have, maybe, would have, could have, should have been about a world championship team because I do think the Vikings would have beaten the Colts. Episode number 59 would have been the happiest moment of my career broadcasting and the happiest moment of my career as a sports fan had the Minnesota Vikings brought home the Vince Lombardi Trophy and sized up those rings on their on their right ring fingers. I mean, that would have been an amazing thing, but unfortunately, it was not meant to be, and You'll hear a lot of raw emotion from me in that episode number 58. As you hear in quite a few of these episodes, quite frankly, over the course of time, over the course of 100 episodes and about three and a half years of this show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, because <laughs> I know both genders listen to the show, um, thank you all so very much for being a part of this show. Maybe some of you have been around the whole 100. Some of you may have been around for only the last 10 or, or 5 or maybe you listened to some, kind of went away for a while and came back, whatever it is. Uh, those of you out there, thank you so very much for being a part of this show, no matter what. I mean, even if you, even if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, thank you so much for being a part of it because you are still a part of the 100. You're a part of the original 100 of Purple Mafia, and I can't thank you all enough. I just can't. So with that... We're going to quickly get to the contact details. In fact, I actually did talk about them briefly earlier. Um, the sports, please do join the sportsstuff.com message boards. Click on TSS boards. Then click register. Join the forums. And yes, I did talk about this in the first segment. But yeah, keep it brief there. Um, also, the uh, phone line 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. And as a voicemail, do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling into. And uh, opine, shout out, question, whatever it is. And, um, yep, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Like and or follow those respective accounts would be oh so terrific. We'd like to hear from you one way or another. So with that, thank you all again one last time. This has been episode number 100 of Purple Mafia. We'll be back to start the next quest for the next 100. Episode number 101. Uh, will the Vikings defeat the Green Bay Packers? No. So I, I didn't even preview the game, and I apologize for that. But um, that's because, to me, it's so lopsided at this point. We don't even know who's going to be starting at the quarterback position yet. Will it be Ponder? Will it be McNabb? It'll probably be Ponder. Will things go well? I don't know. I can't really <laughs> pick a Minnesota Vikings to beat an undefeated team right now. Um yeah, we'll just see where things go here. Um, but until then, we are going to <laughs> until we get to episode number one hundred and one when the Vikings upset the Green Bay Packers in the dome, and everybody's going to be laughing at me for not even predicting a winner. 
Well, yeah, I'm picking the Packers to win, unfortunately, just because of the circumstances. Um, but for being negative about the Vikings, so negative I didn't even pick how they could win the game or anything. But, uh, yeah, oh, I'll let you guys do the laughing when, when it happens, I guess. I hope it does happen. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll shut up now. And uh, at any rate, we'll be back for episode number 101 sooner rather than later. Do take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.